the System Save Me podcast shares how business owners navigate their way to success through processes, systems, and routines. Your host, Jordan Gill, is behind the scenes of top business owners who travel the world while earning six and seven figures a year. There's a method to the madness. It's called systems. So let's get down to business. Welcome to episode number 97, where we're going to be talking about the importance of structuring your negotiation. This makes me feel like a super spy. I'm not even joking. Now, if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a regular, fantastic. Either way, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes, as we love hearing from our listeners. And if you don't want to miss out on the next episodes, be sure to subscribe or go to systemsamey.com for show notes and freebies. Now, let's get ready to hear from our guest. Hey, Devin, how are you today? I am doing fabulously well. How are you, Jordan? I'm doing very well as well. So I'm super excited about your topic because it is very different from a lot of my guests. And um, I think people are really going to gain a lot. There's no like few nuggets. I think there's gonna be a lot of nuggets in this one. So I'm very excited. (laughs) But before we get into that, um, I would love for you to introduce yourself to my audience, give them a couple details about you and your business. Sure thing. Hey there, I'm Devin Smiley, and I'm a negotiation consultant. So my mission, my job, what lights me up is helping entrepreneurs and small business owners learn how to ask for what they want, need, and deserve. I love that. It's so beautiful. I want all the things that I want, need, and deserve. <laughs> like, so this is just a selfish podcast, really. You guys are all just getting a treat because I just want to... <laughs> I just want to learn all the things. Um, and so anyway, uh, we are really going to talk about the four steps um, of how to structure your negotiation. And so kind of describe, um, and I think it's important to kind of describe your client's business um, before they are going into a negotiation. So what are the fears? What are the trip ups? Um, stuff like that that you see. Um, and then we'll kind of go into how you help them structure their way through the negotiation. Perfect. So when my clients come to work with me, they usually fall into two camps. There's the group of clients who have just had something go horribly wrong Mm. and they want to never have to live through that experience again. So Mm. it'll be a client where they way undercharged and they worked their buns off and earned like $25 at the end of the day. Right. The other group of clients is the ones who have had a fantastic opportunity land in their lap and they're staring at this opportunity saying, I have no clue how to respond, how to make the most of it but I know this is really important. I don't want to mess this up. <laughs> right. So I kind of get them at that oh crap moment, whether it's a positive oh crap or a negative oh crap. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, I mean, I think it's, is there one that usually weighs more than the other? Like, are there more like, oh crap, it's a problem or oh crap, yay, like I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's usually more the problem. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, it'll be that like, you may have had three or four clients back to back to back where there's like, this wasn't working for me. Why do I have nothing in my bank account? Mm-hmm. This was not a pleasant experience. Time for a change. And there's always, there's usually that sort of trigger in them. That means, yeah. yes, time to call Devin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Get Devin on the phone. <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. So then what finally drives them to reach out to you is usually, um, is it something that they experience. So you said like the bank account, um, or is it something that um, they maybe hear about, you know, going into a new arena, that cool new opportunity lands? Like, what is it that they're saying or doing um, that then is like, okay, you know, I need to know how to negotiate better? 
Yeah. I think real clue is for my clients is that they have this realization that they are worth more and their work is worth more. Mm. And it's that I don't deserve to be treated that way or I don't deserve to be paid that little. Right. I have a voice. I just need to learn how to use it. Right. So it's like they, they arrive on our phone calls, on our consults with this kernel of like the spark of, yeah. oh, I have it in me. Someone just needs to help me figure out how to make best use of this. Yes, That's totally. And that is what we're going to do the rest of the episode. So yes. walk us through <laughs> the four steps um, that you take your clients through to negotiate better. Yeah. And I think uh, what's important with the four steps is I know I am a process person. I adore process, 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 process. I would have spreadsheets for everything. And a lot of people go into a negotiation thinking, oh, no, I'm quick on my feet. I'll just wing it. And winging it is not a strategy when you're doing this. There's way too many things that can happen if you just count on your wits to get you through a business negotiation. Yeah. So having a process is really important because it's the structure and the process and how you've prepared that will give you the flexibility when you negotiate. Structure up front equals flexibility later on. So the first of the four steps is my clients need to get really, really clear. You guys need to get really, really clear on what you want Mm -hmm. and not just this level. It's not just about the money. Yeah. It starts with the money. It always starts with the money pretty much. (laughs) But there's a lot more that goes into a business. There's a lot more that makes us tick as entrepreneurs, as business owners. Totally. So you have to dive a little deeper on that. Mm. So you have to get super clear on that. And I like to say, if you cannot put what you want on a post-it note, then you don't really know what you want yet. Mm. Because you need to be very clear and very succinct. Yes. Then what are some things... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, the rambling. Um, but what are some things that I guess are up for negotiation and, and because it's like, okay, well, money is like a duh, um, and a lot of negotiations, but what are some things that people might be missing that is negotiable that you wouldn't think to even negotiate in the first place? I find a lot of people get trapped in routines of how they deliver to their clients. So for a lot of coaches or consultants, this could mean, well, no, of course I have to get in the car and drive and meet them in person. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't, you can ask to do it over the phone. You can do it on Skype. That's a negotiation you can have. They also get caught into thinking that, well, I can only ever bill monthly. Well, no, you can bill whenever you want. Mm -hmm. You can negotiate around how you'll actually do the work. And a lot of that comes into scope that you're dealing with. Oh, yeah. you know, I'll do three revisions for you, but if you ask me for the fifth or the sixth or the seventh, we're having a discussion. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to bring this one in the bud. Yeah. There's a lot more around that. I think to focus on what protects your time and what protects your energy. Yes. Are two really big things to focus on. Yeah, no, that's super, super good. All right, what's next? Second step. So after you've been all me, 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 and you know what you want. <laughs> You have to actually think about the other person involved, which is we have a tendency when we're getting ready to negotiate to just become really (laughs) self-obsessed. It's all about us. What does the other person want and what is important to them? What are their priorities? Because a trap we fall into is we start to just sort of randomly guess what the other person might want. And I really see this when it comes to clients negotiating for a project fee. And they just start throwing discounts out. 
because, well, surely the other person will want to work with me if I drop my price 10, 15, 20, 25 percent. Right. What was really important to the other person could have been a timeline. Yeah. They would pay full price plus a little bit more, but they really need it in a week. Mm. So I find we, we get ahead of ourselves. Yes. <laughs> we haven't taken enough time to research the other person to figure out what's happening in their business. Mm. What network are they involved in? What project needs do they actually have? Mm. And then we build our list of what they want and what we want. Mm. And that gets us to the third step, which is where we start to get creative and have fun with <laughs> how those two lists can actually line up with one another. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's, that's good to note because, um, you know, a lot of clients come to me that are either thinking about having a future family or are already prego and like, Time is of the essence um, or yeah. stuff like that where it's like, you know, um, and I never thought about it in the way of how the, I can negotiate the speed um, of which I'm delivering something. And so just like knowing, like you said, what's going on in their life that could be either, you know, a timeline thing or whatever else could end up being, you know, a factor in the negotiation. It like super important. And yeah. it can be something really sort of intangible. So, for example, if you're working with a larger client, maybe it's a corporate client, mm -hmm. and you are an expert in a specific niche, mm -hmm. that you are an expert in that could be a real value, could be a real priority to them. If they've been underrepresented in a certain area, yeah. for example, if it's a small grocery store and you run a local organic cultivated special bees honey business. Yeah they could be really keen to get your brand into their store because you fill that gap in what they offer. Mm -hmm. And it won't necessarily be about when you can get the honey or how much that honey is. Right. That's what you're bringing to the table is that you're fancy schmancy organic and local. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we awesome. have some of that up where I am and it's delicious honey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, that's, that's, those are good things to know. And again, you just don't, think about it in negotiating like we just really don't so no, we really underestimate how much power or influence we have in discussions we tend to give all that power away yeah but it's good to take note of our sort of inventory of special qualities we're bringing to the table yeah no I love that so then what's the last step so the last step is now that you have all these lovely building blocks and I like to think of these pretty much like little legos is that the more Legos you've brought to the table for what priorities are, what people want, what they need, what they deserve, you have more to play with, you have more to build with. Yeah. And then you start planning your communication in the fourth step. And this is where I love the game, the what if game. <laughs> uh, what if X happens? How will I respond? What can I do? Yeah. And some of these can be really funny, but it's important to sort of play that game a little seriously because you yeah. do want to be prepared for what the other person could say to you. Mm. And that includes preparing for the worst case. What if I ask for something and they laugh and they throw me out of the room or they call me a name? How do I react to that? How do I prepare? Mm. And once you've imagined the worst case, which is quite frankly never going to happen, right. very few people, even of all the people I've met in my many moons of negotiating, no one has yet <laughs> to laugh in my face and call me a name and kick me out of the room. <laughs> and I have asked for some very ambitious things in my career. Once you've prepared for that, it takes the edge off. Yeah. 
and you can go on and you can prepare for other scenarios and get back to the more fun creative space mm-hmm. so spend a little time dating your worst case scenario and then yeah you can move on to the better stuff right exactly and I, you know i've negotiated my uh client rates before to where you know i was able to get clients at four times the amount of this one client that was a great client of mine and it was really scary to like go up to him and say not necessarily changing what I'm doing for you, but you need to pay me four times what you're paying because that's what I am, you know, in the market, like that's what I'm able to draw. Um, And it was, it was hard because I was like, he is an amazing client. So I kept going, like, I don't want to lose him, not because of the money, but Mm -hmm. because he, he just treated me really, really well. Um, And so but then, you know, I went into it and said, you know, what I wanted. And oddly enough, he was like, okay. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> like, what do you mean, no, okay? Right. <laughs> like, I'm confused. Yeah. Um, I'm like, why didn't I just start with this then? Um, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's part of it. But it can be scary to negotiate, um, especially really- if you don't want to lose the opportunity, especially if you've built mm-hmm. rapport and all of that stuff. You know, new opportunities you know, are sad to, to see go as well, but especially if you've built rapport with people in, in the client realm and you really enjoy them, um, it can be really hard to negotiate. Um, and especially you can neg- negotiate new opportunities that, you know, either might pay really well, but are kind of like, eh, you can even negotiate with hiring your price. And even if they do sign you on, you're like, well, I got paid four times my normal amount. So yeah. I'm okay with At that. At what price? Do I say yes? Right. And if they pay that price, then fabulous. Right. I find though um, quite a few of my clients will be in a situation sort of like what you described, where there's a client that they've worked with for a while and they really enjoy working with them, mm-hmm. but they've raised their rates since then and they feel really bad about not negotiating. They feel guilty. They feel like, oh, I must be weak as a business owner because I have not pursued a negotiation. Mm-hmm. It's okay to not negotiate. Yeah, that's true. If you enjoy working with the person, if they treat you well if you enjoy the work you're doing it's okay to not it you know that's your power yeah it's wonderful as a business owner you totally have the power to decide if that's a healthy situation for you and your business or not Mm. so no guilt about not asking yeah no that's true it's not because you're chickening out (laughs) that's like it's not because you're just chickening out right yeah (laughs) that's that's different it's okay to not ask (laughs) Totally, 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 totally. Are there other um, negotiations? So the obvious one is clients. Um, Maybe something around um, sponsorships or collaborations um, where it's, you know, kind of a joint venture. Um, When you're thinking about um, if you're working with bigger brands or bigger influencers or whatever in your space to do collaborations, um, you know, what are, again, besides, you know, money and and whatever else, what are some other things that uh, could be helpful to just keep in mind um, when you are negotiating with somebody that is, you know, bigger than you? Um, bigger. Yeah. <laughs> I think when you're negotiating with someone bigger than you, especially if they've started this conversation, it's important mm-hmm. to remember that they've come to you for a reason. Mm-hmm. They didn't just randomly pick you out of the magic Googles of right. the internet. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're coming to you for a reason. So right away, stop feeling afraid that you have no power mm. in the situation. You've got something. You have something they want. Yep. 
And I, my very first recommendation would be to approach it with an information gathering perspective. So your first phone call with them and definitely recommend a phone call or a Skype, not like just emails back and forth. Yeah. It's just informational. It's to have a chat, to get to know them, to get to know their project. And this is like gold for you in a negotiation mm-hmm. to get them chatting, get them talking about what's, what's really exciting to them about the project. Cause that's all the type of stuff you'll be able to weave in with what you're proposing back to them. Mm-hmm. So don't feel like you have to jump straight to negotiation, warm them up first. Yeah, no, that's really good. And yeah, just trying to figure out again, because if they are a bigger company and maybe they have stuff out there that they're doing, or maybe you don't, but you know, versus, you know, in the influencer space or, or the online marketing space where people are just constantly talking about their lives, you know, corporations, it's like, there's a lot of people that are involved um, and exactly. know who the decision maker is um, and all that sort of stuff. It's like, that is scary to me. <laughs> <laughs> that is really scary. It can be scary, but I find that building a relationship with one person within an organization really helps open doors to build that relationship with others. Yeah. Um, you might have to get a little creative <laughs> in how you're finding them, mm-hmm. but uh, it's definitely worth taking the relationship approach to things like that. Things that are longer term, things that will have uh, more of a collaborative, collaborative feel. Yeah. It's worth focusing on the relationship. Mm, yeah, totally. Is there, if you are the one going to the bigger corporations or influencers, um, you know, is there, because you want to build the rapport and the relationship, is there a suggested, you know, like month, just be chatting um, or, you know, commenting or whatever it is that your strategy is before you go into the ask um, in the negotiation? Or is it, you know, I know it's probably an it's depends answer. Um, <laughs> I know, but, I hate giving it depends answer. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, just, I guess, because it is, I'm totally a relationships person. And so for me, it isn't seen as a cost um, for my time because I am actually wanting to connect and, and build a longer term relationship with these, these people but um, just for people who maybe are new or who haven't had that experience, you know, what, what's like a good amount of times that you want to connect with somebody before you go into the ask in your personal opinion? My personal opinion, I like the number about eight to 10. Yeah. If I've had eight to 10 interactions and not just mm-hmm. like, I liked eight of their photos in one right. day and then the next day sent them a a big ass. No, like I'm responding on Instagram. I'm huge on Instagram right now, responding to stories, making comments, not just leaving a happy face, but like actually adding something. Yeah. (laughs) And then seeing, even if they just like my comment, okay, that's a little interaction. They've acknowledged the existence of Devin Smiley. (laughs) We're building it. We're getting somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Eight to 10 times enough that when they hear your name, even if they don't immediately picture your face or know exactly what you do, like, I know this, it's, it's in my brain somewhere. I know that name. Mm. That means when you do make the ask, the barrier is just so much lower. Yeah, oh, totally. Cause yeah. And even uh, with referrals or recommendations too, I kind of usually have three tiers. So when I connect with people, it's like people have, how I directly know 
then it's like, who do I know? Who knows them? And then it's like totally cold people. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> what I do like is very different between somebody who knows me and I'm like, here, this is what we're going to do together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very cheeky. And the- right. It's By just the way, like- we're collaborating, whether yeah. you know it or not. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it's happening. Uh, and then it's, you know, if there's a second tier where I know somebody who knows someone, I always have them send the email or I say, can I use your name um, in, in referring? So then if, um, you know, there's, and I always open emails that say, you know, introduced from so-and-so. And I, rem- I know that name. I'm like, oh, like, I'm going to open that. Um, and so there's that. And then for cold people, like a lot of it is I do video. Um, so I send a personalized video of my face and I'm just like, hey, like I either, you know, got inspired by this blog post and put it into place and it did this for me. Or um, I, you know, I've been following your Insta stories and you've been in you know, Portugal, and I love Portugal, you should try this chocolate cake, um, and all this stuff, and building that rapport, so knowing, like, I'm not just blasting a bunch of stuff, it's like, here's yeah. my face, and I'm taking time, and <laughs> you know, I get so many like, of those, and I'm just like, hey. <laughs> first of all I'm a Mrs. Smiley not a Mr. Smiley so oh gosh I know or like, yeah and I get oh, you're a lot Jordan. Of, yeah you get that too you get yeah, I, yeah I get whatever being a boy too so I'm like oh geez but people are but that's a great approach because I mean negotiation and, and frankly negotiating is trying to get what you want yeah. and it's going to come down to the relationships you're building mm-hmm. and your ability to communicate with people And so if you're building up those warm relationships, I mean, they've even done studies like actual real fancy universities do studies where they have participants either negotiate straight away, like guns blazing on the case study, or they have them spend 10 minutes making small talk and the results are better when they've made the small talk. And it's like, how's the weather? What are you taking your coffee? How is the drive getting over here? Okay. That's a little bit, but it helps. Yeah. So definitely worth investing the time and energy in doing that. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. So I'm going to get into the last few questions. Uh, What was your best financial investment in business? (laughs) I'm I'm tempted to say something cheeky, like getting a massage every month. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Therapy. That is so worth it. That is so worth it. (laughs) It's one of those things, and for the longest time, Actually, you know what? I am going to go with that. It, yeah. For the longest time, I didn't. It was just all about working, 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 working. And, you know, after three times of being burnt out, you think I'd learned my lesson. No. But now I found, oh, the woman I go to, Agath, she's amazing. And so I know I book. Like, I leave the appointment. I have booked the next one. Yeah. And in the weeks leading up, I get so excited. <laughs> Mm. And the only other thing, the thing I get equally as excited about, and it is a definite investment for me, is going to get my nails done, mm. which sounds really silly, no. but it's one of those self-care things, mm-hmm. and it means that at, a, like, at any moment, if I got called to go into a big investment bank client, right. I'm ready. Right. Like, I'm, I don't have scraggly nails, and I'm not like chipped right. and uh, Yeah. I know. So yeah, I think those two have been really good investments for me in terms of being more relaxed, being healthier, and feeling like I'm at the top of my game. I love that. 
I know. I need to go back to whatever. 2015 was a, such a great year. My New Year's resolution, the only resolution I've ever won, set and kept, was a massage every other week. So I had two massages. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at you. That's oh, man. Cool. I was the, I was the loveliest person in 2015. All blissed out. <laughs> right. Just like in bliss all the time. And, you know, it was really great. And so I totally understand the power of it. And, uh, you know, it just was, and like, like you, every time I left the, the, that appointment, I had another appointment booked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that stuff is, it is a game changer. I yeah. totally believe it. So <laughs> what was your worst financial investment in business? Oh, the worst. I think the worst was, when I doubled down on working with a coach that hadn't worked for me the first time, but I thought if I just gave it a little longer Mm. that I would get a better result. Mm. And it took me a while to realize that that was a big mistake. Mm. That is interesting. No one has ever said that. So you literally rehired a coach that you didn't have results from or didn't like or whatever else. I didn't have great results after we first started. And then I thought, well, you know what? Maybe I didn't work hard enough because you know, it's always going to be my fault. Maybe I didn't work hard enough or it wasn't the format that was right. So let's try again, but with a slightly different format. Mm-hmm. And this time I'm really going to work my buns off. And then it still didn't jive. No, yeah. That's, yeah coaching relationships can be tricky. <laughs> yeah. I think I learned more to listen to my gut on that. Yeah. That it's not, I mean, I'm a credential driven person. I love a diploma. Right. I need to learn to trust my gut and have more how I feel about this person when I'm making an investment like that. No, I can't put it on a spreadsheet, unfortunately. <laughs> There's no. no decision matrix I can use. <laughs> I know. Oh, I love a good matrix. But anyway, <laughs> so where can people find you online? Website, social media, all the places. So my website is devinsmiley.com. And my social media, I'm on Instagram uh, way too much, according to my data plan. (laughs) And I'm on Instagram at Devin M for Marie Smiley. Nice. Perfect. So yeah, we'll have that in the show notes. You can go and check her out and be her friend and comment on her Insta stories. (laughs) When I get my nails done. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So thank you so much, Devin, for being on. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. So much fun. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for listening to System Save Me. If you want to get the links to anything we talked about, go to systemsaveme.com. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you on the next episode.